This program is brought to you by Bible Media, under the oversight of the elders of the Chipman Road Congregation in Lee Summit, Missouri. Hello, and welcome to the podcast, Spiritual Appetizers, small devotional tidbits to stimulate the spiritual appetite. Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4 says, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. The topic for discussion today in episode 95 is going to be from 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 12 through 14. As God's people, we should not count it strange when we are persecuted, but rejoice that we are able to partake of Christ's sufferings. 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 12 through 14 read, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened to you, but rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. If you were reproached for the name of Christ, Blessed are you, for the spirit of glory and of God rest upon you. On their part he is blasphemed, but on your part he is glorified. We shouldn't count it strange when we are persecuted. In Matthew chapter 10 and verse 25 it says, It is enough for a disciple that he be like his teacher, and a servant like his master. If they call the master of the house Beelzebub, how much more will they call those of his household? If they hated Christ, they're going to hate us, because it's enough for a disciple to be like his teacher. If they hated Christ, they're going to hate us because we are trying to be like him. We shouldn't count it strange when fiery trials come upon us because they came upon Christ. As a matter of fact, they put him to death upon a cruel cross. They crucified him. We shouldn't count it strange when they persecute us, but rejoice to the extent that we can be partakers of Christ's sufferings. It's a blessing to be able to suffer alongside Christ because what Christ did was only the will of the Father. He always spoke those things that were pleasing to God. He was always doing the will of the Father. And so if they're persecuting us, then they're persecuting us for being like Christ. We should not think it strange. We should not try to get out of it. We should be happy when we're counted worthy to suffer with Christ. Because when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. Because when his glory is revealed, he is going to take us home with him. We're going to have glory because of him. If you are reproached for the name of Christ, blessed are you, verse 14, for the spirit of glory and of God rest upon you. On their part he is blasphemed, on the part of the people that are persecuting us and giving us a hard time, His name is blasphemed, but on your part he is glorified. In Matthew chapter 5 and verses 10 through 12, the Bible says, says, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. We should count ourselves blessed to be reviled for the name of Christ. We should rejoice and be exceedingly glad because we will have a reward in heaven if we are being persecuted for the sake of Christ. And we should count ourselves among people like Moses, Paul, and all the others who were persecuted because they were godly individuals. We should rejoice and be exceedingly glad. In Luke chapter 6 and verse 26, the Bible says, Woe unto you when all men speak well of you, for so did their fathers to the false prophets. We need to be careful 
when all men speak well of us because we're probably not teaching the right doctrine. If people are not persecuting us, then we're teaching false doctrine. We're tickling men's ears. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 2 and following, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but will heap up to themselves teachers having itching ears. If we are not being persecuted, then we are probably the teachers that are teaching to tickle people's ears, telling them only things that they want to hear, because they sure did not like Christ when he taught what they needed to hear. When he taught the word of God, when he taught them what God wanted them to know, they hung him on a cross. And so when men are speaking well of us, when all men are speaking well of us, we need to be careful that what we're teaching is right. In Acts chapter 5, verses 22 through 30 through 42, the Bible says, But when the officers came and did not find them in the prison, they returned and reported, saying, Indeed, we found the prison shut securely and the guards standing outside before the doors. But when we opened them, we found no one inside. Now when the high priest, the captain of the temple, and the chief priest heard these things, they wondered what the outcome would be. So one came and told them, saying, Look, the men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. Then the captain went with the officers and brought them without violence, for they feared the people, lest they should be stoned. And when they had brought them, they set them before the council, and the high priest asked them, saying, Did we not strictly command you not to teach in this name? And look, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine, and intend to bring this man's blood on us. But Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you murdered by having by hanging on a tree. Him God has exalted to the right hand to be prince and savior, to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are his witness to these things. And so also is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. When they heard this, they were furious and plotted to kill them. Then one in the council stood up, a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law, held in respect by all the people, and commanded them to put the apostles outside for a little while. And he said to them, Men of Israel, take heed to yourself what you intend to do regarding these men. For some time ago Thaddeus rose up, claiming to be somebody. A number of men, about four hundred, joined him. He was slain, and all who obeyed him were scattered and came to naught. After this, Judas of Galilee rose up in the days of the census and drew away many people after him. He also perished, and all who obeyed him were dispersed. And now I say to you, keep away from these men and let them alone, for if this plan or this work is of men, it will come to nothing. But if it is of God, you cannot overthrow it, lest you even be found to fight against God. And they agreed with him. And when they had called for the people, for the apostles, and beaten them, they commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus, and let them go. So they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. And daily in the temple and in every house they did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. You see, in Acts 2, I'm sorry, in Acts chapter 5, In verse 29, after they were strictly commanded not to teach Jesus, they were brought back before the council because they were found teaching Jesus. 
In verse 29, Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than men. No matter what, no matter if you're commanded not to, we should obey God rather than men and be willing to suffer the consequences of obeying God over men. We should be willing to say what they said at the end of this. In verse 41 of Acts chapter 5, So they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. In verse 40, they were beaten and commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus again. And then they were let go. But they counted themselves worthy. They rejoiced that they were counted worthy to suffer for his name. When we suffer for Christ, we should rejoice that we are counted worthy to suffer for his name. In Acts chapter 16, we have another instance of people that counted, <coughs> that rejoiced because they were counted worthy to suffer for Jesus. In Acts chapter 16, verses 17 through 34, the Bible reads, The girl followed Paul and us and cried out, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, who proclaim to us the way of salvation. And this she did for many days. But Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that very hour. But when the master saw that their hope of profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to the authorities. And they brought them to the magistrates and said, These men, being Jews, exceedingly trouble our city, and they teach custom which are not lawful for us being Romans, to receive or observe. Then the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. And when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's chains were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awakening from sleep, and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. But Paul called out with a loud voice, saying, Do yourself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light, ran in, and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out, and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? So they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved, you and your household. Then, the, then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes, and immediately he and all his family were baptized. Now when he had brought them into his house, he set food before them, and he rejoiced, having believed in God with all his house. <clears throat> and so Paul and Silas were beaten and thrown into prison, into the inner prison, and put into stocks. And after all this was done in verse 25, but at midnight Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. You see, they were rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer for the name of Christ. And because they were rejoicing and they were doing what Jesus had told them to do in Matthew chapter 5, Verses 10 through 12. In verse 12, to rejoice and be exceedingly glad. The Philippian jailer was converted. 
He was listening to their praying and to their singing, and he heard teaching that would convert his soul because Paul and Silas were rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer for Christ. And so when the earthquake came and shook the prison and the doors were opened and the Philippian jailer was about to run a sword through himself, Paul and Silas called out to him and told him that they were still there. They didn't leave because they were rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer for Christ. You see, people that would have been complaining and mumbling because they were in prison would have ran out those doors as fast as they could get out when they were opened. But that's not what Paul and Silas did. They were rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer for Christ. And because of this, the Philippian jailer was saved. As God's people, we should count we should not count it strange when we are persecuted, but rejoice that we are able to partake of Christ's sufferings. In Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 5, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Though through whom we also have access by faith into this grace, in which we stand and rejoice in hope of glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance character, and character hope. Now hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Notice verses 3 and 4 again, and not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance character, and character hope. And so persecutions in our lives, tribulations in our lives, bring about good things for us. It produces perseverance or patience, and patience or perseverance produces character, and character produces hope. And so when we're suffering for God, we need to learn the patience that God has put before us so that we can build our character and our hope in our lives. (coughs) In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 10, And lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that he might depart from me. And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong." This is the reason why we should not count it strange. This is the reason why we should rejoice. Because in our weakness, then we're strong. Because we allow God to take care of us and we put our trust in Him. And so we should take pleasure in our infirmities, in our reproaches, in our needs, and in our persecutions, and in our distresses. This means we should not run away from them. But we should run to it because it makes us stronger for God. And we need to be strong. In 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 12, the Bible says, Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. If we're running away from persecution, then we're running away from what God says we need in our lives. 
Yes, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. If we're not suffering persecution, then we're not living godly in Christ Jesus. As God's people, we should not count it strange when we are persecuted, but rejoice that we are able to partake of Christ's sufferings. So as we go about our lives today, let's take this little bit of food and apply it to our lives, digest it into our lives, and mold our lives around the Word of God. This has been Spiritual Appetizers, small devotional tidbits to stimulate the spiritual appetite. Thank you. So, as we go about our lives today, let's take this little bit of food and apply it to our lives, digest it into our lives, and mold our lives around the Word of God. This has been Spiritual Appetizers, small devotional tidbits to stimulate the spiritual appetite. Thank you. We thank you for listening today. We hope you enjoyed this program. You can find out more about Bible Media by visiting our website, BibleWayMedia.org. You can find all of our podcasts on all major podcast platforms. As always, we thank you for listening.